0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, September 20th, 2012. I'm Caleb Brown. Rachel Carson's Silent Spring is credited with launching the modern environmental movement in the United States, but her science was at best faulty and at worst wrong in critical ways. Andrew Morris is co-editor of the new Cato Institute volume, Silent Spring at 50, The False Crises of Rachel Carson. We spoke following a forum for the book today. Because we're talking about a book that uh, is near and dear to a lot of people's hearts, I think it's appropriate to start with this. Uh, what did Rachel Carson get right, big picture?
1: One of the things she got right was she was against massive government-funded spraying programs, and that was absolutely right. The USDA was pouring money into broadcasting pesticides all over Uh, the United States in a vain effort to eradicate gypsy moths and fire ants and things like that. And those were gross violations of the property rights of the people who were being sprayed. Uh, It uh, injured organic farmers and bird lovers and so forth. And she was absolutely right that that was a misallocation of resources.
0: Okay, moving on then. Uh, You make specific reference to uh, Rachel Carson's uh, communication of ideas about rates of cancer uh, with respect to the use of DDT.
1: She gave a very misleading uh, portrayal of ca- the situation with cancer. So she had a very dramatic chapter entitled One in Four that predicted that one in four Americans would die of cancer. And that, uh, that's a number that scared the crap out of me when I read the book as a 12-year-old, and it's a number that scared uh, many people who read it. Now, that didn't take into account a number of things. She was not looking at age-adjusted cancer rates. Uh, So there was not a giant increase in cancer rates when you took into account the fact that people were living more than 20 years longer by the 1960s than they had in the early part of the 20th century. She did not take into account tobacco use. Uh, Her main cancer guru was a doctor who denied that tobacco had any role in cancer. Uh, She did not take into account uh, the eradication of other diseases that might kill you before you had a chance to get cancer. Uh, So all these things were missing and these are all things that were part of the national concert, uh, conversation about cancer at the time, and so it's not that she was a naive journalist uh, who just didn't know better. She was a trained scientist. These things were in the conversation, and she deliberately chose not to put them in the book.
0: Now, where are some other examples of that? Where things that she did not she deliberately left out of the book?
1: Well, she was a member of the National Audubon Society and on the uh, board of the National Audubon Society. And the National Audubon Society did a Christmas bird count and that Christmas bird count showed b- bird populations were increasing. Now, maybe there are problems with the National Audubon Society's Christmas bird count, and the data is unreliable, but you would think she would have at least mentioned that the number one uh, bird-loving society in America was showing an increase in birds rather than a decrease.
0: A lot of these errors have been laid out uh, over time. There's, it's a, lot of what, a lot of what you're talking about is – uh, recapitulation of a lot of a lot of statements of errors that have been made.
1: That's right. I mean, it, there were there was a, a, a vigorous discussion of Silent Spring. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of the substantive criticism got lost in the politics of it in the '60s. And so, one of the things we do in the book that I think is quite useful is uh, present a sort of more measured assessment of her uh, use of science and where she got it right and where she got it wrong.
0: Because of that book, in large part, DDT has been banned in, at the very least, first world countries. It's not banned everywhere, though, right?
1: Um, it's If it's not banned everywhere, the uh, first world countries have exerted enormous pressure on other countries not to use it. And so since uh, the United States plays an influential role in determining funding decisions, for example, uh, its use has dramatically
0: declined. And what has been the cost of that?
1: Millions of lives. So uh, millions of people in uh, Latin America, Africa, and Asia have died. Millions of people in those countries have suffered lives that are immeasurably worse off because they had malaria, uh, which is a chronic disease that destroys your productivity and you know generally makes you feel really awful for large parts of your life. And the, that's a real human cost that uh, I think can be laid directly at the doorstep of Rachel Carson, who, again, deliberately chose not to highlight the public health use of insecticides and so did not uh, give a balanced portrayal of their role in making human lives better.
0: One of the things you said at the forum is that Rachel Carson was not particularly good at comparative risk. And when you're comparing the cost associated with, for example, malaria and the cost associated with a chemical that... Uh, eliminates the insects that cause malaria, that would seem to be a fairly important skill to possess.
1: That's right. I mean, so she wasn't presenting a balanced assessment of the role of DDT. So uh, let me just elaborate on that a little bit. Uh, One of the things about DDT that makes it so effective is that not that it kills mosquitoes, uh, which is what she focused on, but that it keeps mosquitoes out of the house. It's a it's an irritant and a spatial repellent. And uh, the Robertson Trend chapter goes into this in considerable detail. But there's good evidence that spraying the walls of a house with a low uh, dose of DDT uh, keeps mosquitoes out of your house. Uh, and so when you go to sleep at night, they don't bite you. And that breaks the transmission cycle. It doesn't involve exposing people to anything uh, particularly bad. And it doesn't build resistance in the mosquitoes because the mosquitoes aren't getting it on them. They're just uh, staying out of your house. And that's an excellent uh, example of something that she never discussed.
0: One thing that uh, you don't mention in the book and uh, but uh, is the case is that DDT is effective against bed bugs and in many Urban centers in the United States, bed bugs have been a very serious and growing problem. That's right.
1: And uh, if we had a balanced policy, uh, a chemical that was effective against bed bugs and is largely, is certainly not acutely toxic to humans and which is largely safe for humans uh, would be part of the arsenal for dealing with it. And if I lived in New York City and was faced with a bed bug epidemic there,
0: I'd certainly want that to be part of the arsenal public health authorities had. Andrew Morris is co-editor of Silent Spring at 50, The False Crises of Rachel Carson. You can get your copy at Cato.org.